The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the first live show of 2021 and to kick it off at 1015, The Passion View. So the ladies will join me. We're going to talk about kissing. Is it more important than sex? And do bad relationships decrease longevity? But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. You can also email me anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com. So here's uh, one that just came through now. Hi, Laurie. I too want to wish you a happy holidays and tell you how you helped me. You said it like it is and gave me an answer that changed my life. I was devastated when a relationship ended and part of it was for sexual reasons. I tend to have pain during insertion and I was doing things in my power to overcome the problem. He, I think, didn't think we were compatible that way. And your answer was, why do you want to be with someone who only cares about themselves? And then I thought about it more and you were so right. I know about three women with men that can't stay hard and they are still with them because they love them. And with that same guy, when he pretty much shut down and the relationship became eggshells. I couldn't be in the relationship anymore. And out of the blue, I get a text from him telling me he went away for a few days. Then he tells me with his new girlfriend, this was literally was a few months after we broke up. And your response was just block him, which I did. And it was the best (laughs) advice ever. Let 2021 be magical, strong, exciting, and filled with way better people wherever they are. (laughs) That's good. Uh, I'm a 41-year-old man. My erection is a little less powerful than in my 20s and 30s. When I used a condom, it's it gets worse. Should I think about having a half circumcision? N- no. Uh, so let's talk about what happens as men age. So men begin to age, and it's different for every guy, but somewhere around the 35-year mark, they can start to notice some differences. For some men, it's a little later, uh, but generally around that time, they will look back and say, hmm, interesting, I'm not, you know, I don't get as hard as I once did, or I can't do it as often as I once did, or uh, et cetera. And then it, with age, it's that becomes just more apparent to uh, to most men. But so the aging begins around 35. Circumcision has nothing to do with having erections that are powerful or unpowerful. Circumcision is only recommended when there is a condition called phimosis, which is where your your fore, your foreskin is basically glued uh, to, to the glands, to the head of the penis, where you can't pull it back. And when erections become um, uh, difficult or painful. So no circumcision required here, just knowing that you probably need more stimulation at 41 than you did at 20. And maybe using a condom, you're recognizing or feeling that you feel maybe a little less sensation. So maybe focus more on having uh, direct stimulation to the penis. You may notice that compared to your 20s, in your 20s, you're probably like you would think about sex and boing, you'd get your erection, no need to touch it. There it was. And maybe at 41, you need a little bit more. 
that's all. So uh, you can think about that. But that's not an erectile uh, problem per se. Uh, and so again, circumcision is has really uh, nothing to, to do with this. Uh, my ex said to me, once you love kissing, I sure do and did. We broke up due to COVID distancing. Oh, I miss her. She ghosted me. I feel lost. That is sad. Uh, that That is uh, quite sad that I guess there have been a few cases of this, right? Where relationships have started during COVID or they started a little before COVID, then COVID happened and then people found that they couldn't get together or or didn't keep up the connection and so it just became easier for some people to just ghost like just to disappear uh since you weren't seeing each other anyway so i get why you feel lost at this time especially because just the fact that we are all in isolation pretty much is you know adds to adds to the distress as well so uh, we're here for you, and I, I totally get you. And there are a lot of people, I think, in the same uh, in the same situation that you're in. Um, hi, Dr. Lori. Happy New Year. Do you think men and women can be close friends and keep things platonic? My long-term boyfriend has a female friend he met at work. They have been best friends for years. They text all the time and hang out alone all the time. I'm never invited and neither is her husband. Is this strange? I feel like it's weird since we are both in relationships. Now, I do believe that people can have platonic friendships. Um, I don't, however, agree with keeping the relationship so separate and so kind of feeling like you're completely outside of it. If he's, if that person is so important to him, then why isn't he included in, in your lives, in his life as a couple? Like, why aren't you inviting the couple over and having dinners? Okay. Maybe not during COVID, but on regular um, circumstances where you're invite, you know, his best friend is invited to uh, special events and things that you would normally invite a best friend, whether it was male or female, that best friend should know your partner. I, I would find it strange, for example, even, even if it wasn't a, uh, a female, if my husband had a male best friend that I didn't know about or never met, for example, that I would find that rather strange. So, um, yeah, that's something that you need to talk about and, and you need to be able to say, I'm not so comfortable with that. I'm not telling you not to have a relationship with this person, but I would like to get to know this person that's so important to you. Uh, I don't know what other how other people feel about this, and and maybe this is something that we can uh, we can bring up with the uh, with the ladies on the Passion View. They might have something to say about this, but like personally, I have close friends that are are males. I occasionally get together. I don't, I'm not a big texter, so don't do that. But, but my husband knows of every single friend like that, that would make sense. Another person says alarms. You can be friends, but there is reason why they want privacy. And to me, yeah, that's uh, that, that says something. Uh, another texter says, um, 
the ghosting was in effect a blessing. So for some, yes. And, and unfortunately what ghosting does is it doesn't really provide uh, closure, which is, uh, I think that's the big, uh, the big issue with that. Happy New Year, Dr. Lori. My girlfriend and I want to wish you a very healthy and happy 2021. We have come to really enjoy your show. We do have a question. We have both been married to men. So this is from a woman. Both of us have late teenage children and we both still have a sexual attraction to men. So I guess we are bisexual, but at this point prefer to be with each other. We do have friends who are 100% lesbian and do not have any sexual attraction to men, but still pass a comment now and then that so-and-so is a very attractive man. Is this a normal narrative for lesbians? I can't see it as abnormal. You can still see somebody as attractive, um, male or female, regardless of your orientation. Uh, Both our ex-husbands are supportive and understanding. One of my partner's sons is not so much, but it's understandable. Your show has been helpful in our relationship. Um, We as uh, lesbians or bi know that it is not the norm and will, will never be, nor should it uh, B, we simply ask for respect, acceptance, and nothing more. And it goes on a little bit, but we run out of time. Coming up, uh, the Passion View, we'll talk about uh, kissing and friendships, as uh, one texter wrote in. Is it an alarm, in fact, that this uh, friendship is kept a secret? Hmm. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. What a great way to start the new year with the girlfriends uh, with me. We've got the Passion View joining us tonight, Paris Mansouri of Parisology.com and it's O-G-I-E. I was looking you up, Paris, the other way and it was something completely different. So I just want to make sure that I tell people the right place to go. Uh, she's a frequent CJD uh, contributor. She can be heard on Fridays at nine with uh, John Paul. She's divorced. She's been single for many years. We also have Dania Beznos, who is a mom, a stepmom, a grandmom, an, and a, an entrepreneur as well. Welcome to the show, ladies, as usual. Hi. 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 Uh, so let, before we get going, uh, we'll start off the evening with a poem from the passion poet who knew you guys were going to be on. A new year has started, another great year of passion, the only show on radio that is always in fashion. The first Monday of January, let us all see what is new as we start off the year with the sexy ladies' view. They may reveal a few secrets, dissecting love like a surgeon, or maybe Paris will tell us if she's still a New Year's virgin. <laughs> You may have a favorite view lady, but all three a princess with words of passion and love, all with their own style and finesse. We welcome everybody back, all those far and near, wishing you health and happiness and a very happy new year. Isn't that lovely? (laughs) Passion poet. Like, I don't know what kind of award there is in radio for what he does. (laughs) There's got to be some kind of like outstanding contributor award. (laughs) That's a good one. Outstanding. He wins the outstanding contributor award of 2020. There you go. Next to to you. Yeah. uh, Forever. Right. Um, (laughs) All right, ladies, I want to, somebody brought something up and I thought it was very interesting. And I said, I would ask you. So even though I want to talk about kissing, I think this is important too. This was the question. Do you think men and women can be close friends and keep things platonic? My long-term boyfriend has a female friend he met at work. They have been best friends for years. They text all the time and hang out alone all the time. I'm never invited and neither is her husband. 
is this strange? I feel like it's weird since we are both in relationships. What do you think, Paris? Depends on intent, and it's so hard to tell. But I know I've had friends that I've known since I was like 12, 13 years old, and they're male friends, and through thick and thin, we've there's it's always been platonic. There's never been any romance, and these are high school friends, and it never turned into to anything else. So I believe but, it is possible. But but I think the question here, and and I think what the alarm bell is here, is that they're never invited over. In other words, these friends are kept completely, or this best friend is kept completely separate from his relationship with his long-term uh, girlfriend. Shouldn't she be, uh, like, shouldn't she have some kind of relationship with this person? I think so. I agree Wouldn't that be that, normal? Yeah. I think so. And I think, has she asked her boyfriend why, like, that she would like to get together with them sometimes or get to know her better. I think that's strange that she's never invited. That's odd. I mean, in any friendship you have in your, in your marriage your, or your, your relationship, your significant other gets to know them at some I, point. I would think so. If they're important yeah. to your significant other, then they yeah. should matter to you, right? You'd want to know yeah. who your husband's closest friends are. Makes That makes no sense to me. So Yes, I yeah, think there's a, a bit sure. of a red flag there. And if I could add to that is if that female colleague friend is truly a friend, she she would be the one interested too. Like like I was saying, my friends from high school, the, the male friends that I have in my life, the moment they're dating someone, it's like, oh my God, I look forward to meeting her. And obviously, you, you know, you know your boundaries. That's the person's significant other and and you don't, there's a certain amount of respect that comes with that, of just course. like there's respect that comes with the friendship, but it's, it's odd, but I'm not one to, I don't like judging. Like you need to know the whole situation. Yeah, of but course. We're odd. only getting, we're only getting bits and pe you know, we were only getting one, one side, but just based on, on this. And if we just, you know, like take it as if it was our situation like this, it would seem a bit strange. Do we know his, we don't know his side. We don't, you know, there's always three sides to every story, right? So we're not, uh, yeah. not quite sure. All right. I want to talk about uh, kissing. I thought this, this was really interesting. It was in a health and wellness uh, article. It was called, it was titled why kissing is more important than sex for couples. Now, I don't know if you'll agree or, <laughs> or disagree. <laughs> this, um, Kissing, according to one of the therapists that was uh, interviewed for this, he said, kissing is more intimate than sex. And the first sign of trouble in a relationship is a drop off in the act of kissing. And then there was a German study that found that husbands who kissed their wives before going to work lived an average of five years longer than those who um, didn't. So I personally, I believe kissing is really important and is, is uh, very intimate. And all you have to look at is, you know, uh, if you go to a prostitute, they don't kiss, right? T typically they're not, uh, that's the thing that's kind of reserved for intimate partnerships. So, um, and if you ask a lot of couples about their kissing life, and I, I want to ask some of you, even those of you who've been in long-term relationships, does kissing drop off? 
Uh, I know it does just simply from talking to a lot of couples who tell me that, that, that they, they do a lot less kissing, even during making love where they're, they do less making out. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about a peck on the forehead. Like that's not a kiss to me, a real kiss, a real kiss. So I, I just want to know, uh, Dania, as someone who's been married for a while, would you say kissing is more important than sex? Um, at certain times of a relationship, for sure, because you're not always so sexually active like you are at the beginning of a relationship. So kissing is part of the intimacy that keeps you close. Um, so absolutely, it's really important. Uh, and you're important. right. You're right. In moments when there may not be, where, where sec actual sexual activity may not be possible for whatever reason, right. keeping up, keeping up with that affection and the kissing keeps uh, your partner um, feeling like they still are desired. Right? There's still that right. uh, a little bit it's, of chemistry. It's a very, it's a very intimate and important connection that I think a couple has to have. And sometimes that's all you have for, for whatever reason. So it's yeah. really important. And you get that close, the smell, the taste, the sense, the, I don't know. I, it's to so me, intimate. Yeah, I, I, I love yeah. kissing, I think is the best. Uh, yes, Paris, agreed. she's shaking her head. Why, Paris, why? <laughs> it's as intimate as you make it because kissing can be extremely sexual and just sexual and mean nothing else. It's whatever meaning you put behind it. I do agree with you guys, like 100%, when it comes to intimacy in a relationship, there, there could be intimate kissing, but there could be purely sexual kissing, just like there could be extremely intimate intercourse and just simply sexual intercourse. It's the mm -hmm. meaning you give behind it. It's the intent. I don't think it's just necessarily the act. No. Okay. Just sexual kissing works too. <laughs> yeah, you can kiss within, I suppose, just within a sexual experience. I'll give you guys uh, an example. In a threesome, for example, let's say you are a straight couple and you invite, um, you know, a partner in, whether it's male or female, and, and you're, you know, making out in, in that context, you know, with a, with a guest, quote unquote, <laughs> you know, I don't guest, think that's intimacy yeah. necessarily. Right, right. Okay, I see where the where the difference is. But now I want you to think about within a long term relationship. So of I don't course. know what you know, in a long term relationship, to me, if once you stop kissing, I think you should question it. I think you need to you need to step up your game here and, and spend more time kissing because kissing is connection more. It's more connected and more connection than penis and vagina. I also think that it's a really good, if something is changing in the relationship, the way that you kiss your partner changes. And it's such a telltale. It's so like small in detail, but it's a telltale mm. sign. The way he can kiss you or the way she kisses you, if it changes, there's something different. Like you can't kiss that same, like you guys are explaining. It's so passionate and intimate, especially when you're in a long-term partnership, that if the one person is, is if something is off, they're not going to kiss you the same way. That's true. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's also true. I agree true. with that. But then again, you know, people need to um, pay attention, I think. Yeah. 
and address address the issue. So just a couple of texts here regarding the friends and uh, best friends and not introducing them to your partner. I am male with a couple of female friends in relationships. Both partners know of me. We text and I would have no problem with males reading communication between us. Right. It's not secretive. It's not something that you are hiding. In fact, you shouldn't be texting anything you wouldn't want your partner to see really to that would you know question that would make them feel insecure for example uh so that's something to to keep in mind another one says if you are quote unquote hiding a friend of the opposite sex there is a reason uh then uh kissing can be as sensual and as erotic as the act of sex itself creates passion yes that th there's no question that kissing is the is the ste it, it's the uh, what do i want to call it it's the thing that can ignite right it's the the ignition to the to the arousal for a lot of us that that kissing is absolutely required to uh to get things going I'm sure, Dania, you're you're in agreement with that one. I totally agree with that. Right. Another one says, from my experience in couples, there are usually an imbalance whereby one partner is into it more than the other, into more into kissing, uh, or uh, I'm assuming I'm assuming that's uh, that's the case. All right, probably I have a couple changes of, over time. Yeah, probably, uh, yeah. and then. Uh, Paris, threesome comment from experience or assumption, LOL. She's not answering that. I'm not letting her, okay? So there, <laughs> too bad. You're not getting the answer to that. Uh, I want to talk about um, living longer and how a bad relationship can actually shorten <laughs> your life. I don't know if it's going to be a surprise to anybody, but it, if anything, if it gets you to improve your relationship because you want to gain a few years of life, uh, then maybe this is incentive enough. I don't know. So that's uh, next with the Passion View, Paris and Dania. Right now, it's turned over the CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. The Passion View tonight on the program, Paris uh, Mansouri and Dania Beznos, regulars here. My girlfriends, we discuss all kinds of things. This one I want to share with you. How many years of life will a bad relationship cost you? Well, the good news for anyone who is currently in a committed romantic relationship is that being in a relationship compared to being single, sorry, Paris, could mean an extra one and a half years in longevity per decade lived. That's quite significant. Uh, they found, this, this is a New Zealand study, found that being involved in an intimate relationship was associated with slower biological aging. Uh, they measured that with physical markers like body mass index, facial age, white blood cell counts, and cardiorespiratory fitness. But the results come with an important caveat, as you can imagine. While a good relationship might help save years of your life, a bad relationship will cost you. <laughs> so I don't think anybody is uh, surprised by that. And of course, those with abuse in them will cost you even 
more. So I think um, people in low quality, they said people in low quality relationships with instances of abuse aged the quickest, adding approximately 1.2 years of age for every calendar year of the study. So like to me, this is like wake up call. It's 2021. Maybe it's time to evaluate the type of relationship that you're in and get help if necessary or leave if necessary or find the strength to um, and get the help that you need either individually or uh, or as a couple. But I, like this is the science is there that really uh, shows this. So it's scary, no? Like to think about that. Yeah, I was... I was in such a bad relationship before I got married for years and his life would have been shortened because I wanted to kill him and almost did. <laughs> True. <laughs> or myself. So one of them, one of us would have been, but yeah, it's terrible. And you don't realize what it does to you until you're out of it. And then you right. realize how bad it was. You don't realize the yeah. toll, the toll, the you emotional. You realize it just consumes you when you're in a bad relationship. So for sure, it affects your health. That's right. A hundred percent. It affects your health. You can imagine that people who stay in long-term, low-quality, abusive relationships over time can develop all kinds of uh, uh, physical physical symptoms. It's crazy. I'll I'll never forget. Go ahead. Emotionally, it's terrible. But the um, your emotional state affects your physical state. Like we must remember 100%. that, right? Yep. So, uh, I, I and we have a friend that uh, was in a really bad marriage who was experiencing so many physical symptoms. She had trouble swallowing food. Always had stomach aches. Had you know severe anxiety, and she kept going to the doctor saying like getting all these tests, not knowing why can't I eat? Why, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then she went away with the girls. We all went away on vacation and all of these symptoms suddenly disappeared. And she realized that, and then, you know, she went home and ended up leaving this marriage and everything went away, like everything. And you can just see the health, like come back to her, uh, just on her on her face. So it, it, it really does take a toll. Paris, uh, any thoughts on this? I think, especially in a marriage where there is no abuse, but there's long-term unhappiness, I think that's even harder because then you really don't have an, ex- like a quote unquote, an excuse. It's like, he's not physically abusing me. He's not, she's not emotionally unhappy, but years of unhappiness are so so you don't even realize it and you don't even see the years go by or how you just become a shell you lose yourself is what you're saying right And, and i think if people are unhappy in their lives sometimes it's unhappiness comes from within it's not necessarily the relationship but some unhappiness in themselves i think if you're if you're at a stage where you're just feeling generally unhappy you need to take some like accountability like do a, a mm-hmm. reflection a uh, um an assessment of your life to see 
what you can work on, what is possible to change for you. And if your relationship is part of what's making you unhappy, address the issues that are making you unhappy. Like don't just, if you just let it go and let it go and let it go, that's the buildup, right? If I can add to that, it's not your partner's job to make you happy. Your happiness is your inside job. It's if that person is contributing to misery in your life, that's, that's what I meant is if, you know, you're not seeing eye to eye and you're not agreeing on things and, you know, you see your lives going in different direction and you want different things out of life. Like that's what I'm talking about, but your happiness, like it's nobody's job to wake up and they're, they're, you know, their job in life is to make you happy and that's what they're supposed to do. That's your job. Yeah. Right. But sometimes when you're in a bad relationship like that, it's hard to get out of it. You need an outsider, a good friend, somebody to help you get there, to have the strength to really look inside, to really figure out what, you know, if there's a chance at that relationship or you have to walk. And that sometimes is really hard to do when you're in such a bad place. I also think that when you're in a bad place in a marriage, it's also isolating. So, you know, even though, yes, you want to reach out or you, there are people who could help you. There's also sometimes a feeling of, I I need to, like, I don't want to expose this or maybe some shame around this or fear of being judged. And so you, you end up being more isolated, which even creates even more, stress on the person, right? Paris, you're shaking your head. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, you're caught. It's when you're in a difficult relationship, you're in a crossroad where you want to talk to someone or you want to reach out to someone, you know, and maybe you don't or do have an access to, to therapy. And that's something completely different. But opening up to your social circle or to your family then opens you up, like you said, Dr. Laurie, not only to criticism, but then if you don't make the immediate decision to leave, then it, it, all these people know what's going on and you know that all these people are judging you and you know that all these people are looking at your significant other with judgment as well. Mm-hmm. And it feels like until you're ready to make that committed step to walk away, that's very hard to have so many people have a, a hand or a say in what you should do or what they think you should do when they have mm-hmm. no idea what you're living through. But I also, I also found when I was really unhappy in that relationship, I stayed away from people because I didn't, yep. I, I couldn't be happy. I couldn't talk about just, you know, everyday things. So I yep. ended up staying away from a lot of people. And that's also something that is hard because you become very alienated and you're just only with this person. And that's right. a difficult part also. And Dania, don't you find that you also felt like because of the distance that all those people that you once knew, your closest and dearest, you look at them and you're like feeling extra distant because they absolutely have no clue who you are and what you're going through. A hundred percent. Yes. And that's the hard, that's the hard part, right? When, uh, so imagine, so imagine you're isolated, you're not talking to people and you're trying or you're thinking or planning or wanting to leave, 
but yet no support. Like I, I feel for people who are, who feel stuck in these, uh, bad relationships and they feel that there is nowhere to go. And you know, that's my job is to help couples of course, but many times I'm helping also people who want to leave and helping them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes therapy illuminates the issues and actually brings the separation to the forefront saying, okay, we're clearly, this is not working or nothing is changing, but at least we, we gave it a go. At least we tried. And, um, you know, sometimes the answer is separation, but, uh, I know it's difficult for a lot of people. And yet a lot of, uh, you know, you, you, end, a lot of people end up doing it. <laughs> I remember one friend saying, I'd rather live in a cardboard box and go one more day with this person. Like they didn't care, but other people might care a bit more. Right. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about how long, uh, sex should last intercourse. <laughs> Paris is laughing. She's already blushing. Uh, that's the passion view tonight with Paris Mansouri and Dania Beznos. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. The passion view tonight on the program, couple of texts here. Uh, unfortunately, some people are just genuinely unhappy and blame others. Few or no friends and are just toxic people. Sadly, they need help when it comes to unhappy relationships, uh, shaving some uh, years off your life, your longevity. Uh, just researched this. Couples in good active relationships age slower, look younger than their age. Those in bad relationships will age you well beyond your years. Single women engage in engaging in regular sex age slower. So keep it up, Paris. And same for <laughs> single men. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I'm teasing you. <laughs> Um, speaking of sex, I, I read this really interesting article. I, I should really do this with the guys too, but how long should intercourse, uh, last? Like they often use the word sex instead of intercourse, but really it's, uh, how long should, uh, sex last? Is there like a right number? Is there an ideal for young lovers or, uh, or older, uh, people? So, the, I could tell you that the average uh, is around between three and five minutes of thrusting. Most women will tell you that's plenty of time as long as they're getting more, <laughs> more of the before, right? So, um, I mean, obviously, uh, it, <laughs> that intercourse will stop if the, or you hope so. Anyway, if the part, if one partner feels becomes dry or it starts to hurt or, you know, you don't want it to go from pleasurable to painful and just suck it up and, and do it just for, for your partner. I think we have to be careful when it comes to it, to that. So I think the issue is not how long the active partner can last, but rather how long is it pleasurable for the receiving uh, partner? It's not about it lasts until I finish kind of thing, <laughs> at least not in long-term relationships. I don't know, um, you know, in, in casual, uh, relationships, but I don't think it should last no longer than as long as you are both enjoying it. If you're not, then it should stop Paris. Agreed. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Paris, what are your thoughts on this as our single lady? If you're on vacation, it's different than if it's like on a school night. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, 
Really? It depends where. It depends how many times in like a night. Like there's a lot of factors, Dr. Lori. It's not like well, she really Dan, is yeah. a single lady. Yeah, I was just saying, and you can tell how Having much younger threesome. she is. That's or you can see how much younger she is because you know yeah. several times in the night like that. That doesn't well, happen with our aging husbands. So, you know. Well. No, let's not let's not start a rumor here. That's not what she was saying. Um, but she is fairly younger than us by more than a decade or so. So uh, yeah. clearly, she's not. You know, doesn't have an older guy as a husband or a partner. So a few times in a night, that's not going to happen anytime <laughs> soon. Right? I have dated. It does make a difference. I'm so that's like a I was shocked. Memory. I have dated men in their forties. It's and? not the same. It's, <laughs> it's not the same. Like, it's old, guys. They're fall, like they're asleep. It's so guys in their forties fall asleep. Guys mm-hmm. in their early thirties. Uh, Maybe can I'm just seeing the wrong guys in their forties, but <laughs> yeah, there it's one round and they're exhausted. Well, no. they don't need more than that, really. Uh, I mean, if that if that one round. Again, you know, we're talking about intercourse versus like sex as a whole activity. There's a big difference, right? Exactly. There's a whole process that, and we all know, I've said it enough times on this show that women need that foreplay, that intercourse is not enough uh, for most women. So whether it lasts, it could last for an hour is still not going to it's, it may not produce that orgasm. It's not about the length of time uh, for for women. So I think all of us can agree on that. I yeah, agree, but I disagree yes. about the 40s. That was my second marriage. We were both in our 40s. And let me tell you, Paris, we were not boring. Okay. Let me just so you show know. me to your pond of people, Danya. Well, it's not doing it. Did you just say boring? We were not boring, you said, Dan, uh, Dania? Yeah, like it was, Yeah, you why know. should, we, I don't find we're boring in our 50s and 60s either. It's not about no, boredom. No, the way she said, oh, he fell asleep, <laughs> couldn't be more than once. And I'm saying it was not boring when I, when Erwin <laughs> and I were in our 40s and we first got married. There's a lot of after play cuddling yeah. and talking and what have you. Who have you been with, Paris, really falling asleep? <laughs> right. Jeez. Actually, <laughs> I mean, 40 you know, is a different thing that it, it me, was just out of exhaustion. It was not out of boredom. It was out of exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just the fitness level needs to be better. I don't know. But he was fit. He was fine. Anyways, I'm saying too much, Dr. Lori, as usual, <laughs> getting myself in trouble. But listen, it's a good question. And the re at least I get this question quite a bit, especially from guys, right? Who think, I think porn plays a role in this too. Like they think they really should last a really long time with intercourse. And if you speak to a lot of women, they tell you that they're not going to get that orgasm through intercourse. So for it to last a long time, does not much for them, you know, and on the contrary, they have to re-lube. Like it's, it's like they start to get dry. It starts to get painful. Um, I I think it's important. This person says length of sex being between three to five minutes with the blue pill lasting four hours. What does one do for the other three hours and 50 minutes? Hey, if your (laughs) erection lasts for four hours, uh, you better go to the emergency room. That's, that's the, 
co- the possible consequences. They tell you if your erection lasts for more than four hours, go to the emergency room. You'd have to get the blood drained out of your penis. It's not a pleasant thing. Um, but that doesn't mean you maintain an erection for four hours once you take Viagra. Like even if you take Viagra, you will lose your erection. There's still a, a recovery uh, period uh, necessary. <laughs> so this person for you, all I can say is too bad I'm married. Otherwise Paris would be in trouble, but she would probably kill me. LOL. I don't know. <laughs> Another one says, boy, is Paris dating the wrong older men? Yeah. I am 61 and have yet to find a woman who can outlast me. <laughs> wow. Paris? So there you go. Uh, and this person, I like the sex should last as long as you are both enjoying it. There is no time limit. If you get going during CTV 11 PM news, and next thing you know, the sun is up. Bravo. Yeah. I don't know when that what happened. <laughs> Paris going, yes, that's her kind of sex. So oh, well. that's, uh, yep. Uh, unless you find a multi-orgasmic woman, but even multi-orgasmic women at some point will tire out. <laughs> like, like, yes, sure. She can have one, two, three, many, 10 orgasms. They're in quick succession, what a, what have you. But after a while, you, you're going to experience potential uh, vaginal dryness at that point. So, and that's about 25% of women who through intercourse will, yes, experience uh, orgasms. Otherwise, during foreplay, they can also have um, multiple orgasms. So just make sure foreplay is all part of this. How long should it last? Because there's really no, no answer. Obviously, if you're, if, if intercourse lasts under a minute and your partner is not being satisfied and you have a frustrated partner or you're frustrated and then that becomes an issue. But for the most part, I don't think women care all that much. It's not like the longer you go, the better. I think. And that's the, really the, the bottom line. Are we all in, uh, do we have a, consen- a consensus here on all the ladies? Agreed. Compatibility, just like in the relationship itself, just like in personalities, you need to be compatible. Right. I think that's a good point actually that you bring up. I'm just going to bring up one example of this. I once uh, uh, saw a man in my practice who was married for like 20 years and for 20 years he had good sex with his wife, whatever. That wasn't the reason why they broke up. Then he came to see me. He had a girlfriend and the girlfriend felt that he didn't last uh, long enough. Right. And I asked him like, did you have a problem of premature ejaculation before? And he said, no, like this was perfect for my wife. It, It worked out really well. Like she was perfectly satisfied and never, ever complained. Now he's in a new relationship and suddenly it's not enough. So it, it is a question of compatibility in that way and, and perception um, from the other partner as well. So I found that really interesting. There, there was no like objective number here. And I think that's the bottom line. There's no objective. This is what it should be. Strive for this number. Uh, and we have to get kind of away from all of that. Ladies, it's always such a pleasure having you on the show. You know how much I love it. Uh, Paris Mansouri, where can people find you besides your Parisology.com. <laughs> Parisology right. with an IE at the end. That's right. Or you can hear her on John Paul's show, uh, 9 p.m. on Friday evenings. She shares all her uh 
uh, app knowledge. She does all the research for you. And I've used some of those that you've, uh, that you've mentioned Paris. So that always helps. Uh, or you can get all that information on parasology.com as well. Dania Beznos, entrepreneur, uh, lady, good friend, wonderful lady. Where can people find you? If you don't want them to find you, it's okay. You don't have to give them. <laughs> Appleandpairdesign.com, which is her company name. There you go. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thanks to all of you for your texts and for listening. I'm looking forward to 2021 with all of you. Uh, really happy to be back. I, I really, I actually really missed being here and talking to you, even though I only took one little week off. But anyway, uh, thank you to Dave Simon, our wonderful technical producer as well. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. That's D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com, where you can find uh, podcasts of the past shows at, or also a good place where you can uh, contact me uh, and email me from there. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV national news. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.